Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is week number two of training camp at Ohio State. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Just what, four? I don't know if I can really call it week two after four practices, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, it's like week uh, 1.5. More <laughs> importantly, it's hotel move-in day. Woo! Yeah, the best. Firm's favorite day. <laughs> the best and weirdest day of college football. This is the day that when I was a younger man uh, and the internet was in its infancy and there was one like Ohio State website on the internet and that was the Ozone back in 2005. Um, Jim Davidson, plus, you know, rest, rest of soul, peace. Um, would put up photos on moving day and you're like, what the oh, hell? Wait. Berm, you were one of those guys that couldn't <laughs> wait for it? Absolutely. Oh, Loved yeah. it. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it because it was, the world was so different then than it is now where there was not a chance to see the team from January to August. Now we see them all the time in a thousand different ways. The internet exists. You see these guys, like there was a nine month window where you didn't even know if there was a football team. <laughs> so you get to see someone. I mean, we saw like, for example, Caden Curry, we saw him at the end of the Peach Bowl. And then we saw him three weeks later and we were like, wow, look how much different he looks in three weeks. Now imagine that times nine months. <laughs> and that's what we got to see. And th those days were exciting. Now it's sort of tedious. Everyone's there. It's turned into this quasi fashion show. But um, and on one point of order is that the practice number on Saturday, Jim Knowles tweeted out a photo of his you know, silver bullet of the day. And it said practice number one. So I don't think they counted. Oh, the acclimation period? I don't think they counted Thursday, can you Friday. Can you say acclimation? No, but I'll, you did. Um, I don't think they counted Thursday, Friday as practice and only counted Saturday. So today, Monday. Imagine charging 30 bucks for something you don't consider practice. Unbelievable. Unless I completely misread his tweet and he actually says practice. He would have just been catching up yeah, two days ago. It's possible. It could have been two. See, that's the problem with these timelines not appearing in order anymore. <laughs> it could have been that. I don't know. But the, the point is, he said Jordan Hancock. So, um, and that brings me to what I think is interesting is that the cornerback position, as improved as I believe it's going to be, still feels slightly unsettled because I don't think you bring in Davis and Igbenosin from Ole Miss without the impression that he is going to be equal playing time with Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock. And so I don't consider corner a safety or a position battle, but I do think it's interesting how they deploy these three, because as we've talked about before, the best Ohio State defenses in the last decade have had that ability to rotate mm -hmm. three starters at cornerback. And I think you have that this year, but made me wonder, are there other position groups that you guys are like, well, I still, I don't know. Like we thought we'd get answers last week, and I don't think we did in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's that's something that I wanted us to all look at. Like, obviously, you're not going to determine anything after one practice or two practices or four or whatever you count them. It's going to take, you know, a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks at some spots, and you need a scrimmage or two to sort that out. But um, I did think it was going to be maybe informative to dig into ones that are more competitive than we might have thought or, you know, a new look at it that we didn't already believe coming into camp on Thursday last week. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start on the offensive line, I guess, with like the right tackle. Well, the offensive <laughs> well, line? I you? Thought, this, I know. this guy? I, yeah, I'm going to try something new. Okay. All right, I'm going to try something new. Wow. Tony Petiti. <laughs> um, Listen up, Petiti. This guy's talking old line. <laughs> All right, we're off and running on a Monday daily. Uh, I... Like, there was a chance we got out there on the first day of camp, and it's like, oh, Josh Simmons is the starting right tackle. 
And it's not surprising to me that that wasn't the case. I, I, I personally did not expect that. But when you bring in a guy who started 12 games as a transfer after spring practice, the message that is sent, I think, is like, we don't think we have guys that are good enough. This guy needs to start for us. But when we got out there, he's got the black stripe. He's, like, running with the twos slash threes. It's Zen Mohalski at the number one spot more often than not. Tegger Shabola is still on that mix. The fact that Luke Montgomery is, like, a number two left tackle, I, I don't know that we should dismiss the idea that maybe he is also being looked at potentially in that right tackle competition as well. So mm-hmm. that's um, – it's a little more wide open, I think, at the early outset of camp than maybe I would have assumed. Not that I think that that's an issue. I think ideally that generates competition for everybody and ups the level of play. But I don't know that I am 100% certain who was going to be the starting right tackle for Ohio State at this point. And I thought that maybe I would feel a little more convicted in that. Yeah, how surprised were you on Thursday to see that? I was surprised to see Zen first because, like, his name wasn't said at any point in the two weeks previous when we talked about the right tackle position. Mm-hmm. Is that just the coach talking a lot of Big Ten media days for seven hours and forgot to say a guy's name? Probably. But um, but you don't generally forget, he didn't forget to say Tiger's the, name. He did not you forget don't generally Tiger's forget name. to say the names that you're thinking about. Yeah, and like you don't generally forget to say the name of the guy who's going to be first either. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. Like Zen, Zen is the um, most veteran guy there, I guess, if you – like Josh Simmons has played more, but Zen's been in this program longer. So I, I guess it makes sense that if you don't know, you give that guy the nod first. And he didn't have pads on, so what, what can you really tell? I think you'll learn more about that as this week goes along and then they get into the scrimmage over the weekend. But um, I would I would have assumed that we would have saw Josh Simmons or Tegger up first instead of Zen. So him being first like threw a little bit of a wrench into it for me. So cornerbacks, right tackle. I spent more time in the first couple of days thinking about the defensive tackles than I thought I would. Uh, A, I think that the depth is better than I expected. I mentioned that coming out of the first practice on Snappy Jays on Thursday. Uh, And I would say that's true even if the knee injury uh, slowed down Tyleek Williams longer than, you know, a week. Uh, I saw him on Saturday in the Woody, still limping pretty good, still had a brace on it. I don't know what the long-term prognosis was other than he was allowed to stay out on the practice field throughout the practice that we saw. Uh, and he was still wearing some pads on Saturday. But even setting him aside, which I, I have continued skepticism about the consistency and play and play out motor, I think that's opened up the fact that Tyleek has not been practicing is putting Taiwan Malone in a situation to get first team reps early on. And they look pretty good. I, I, he is a physical specimen. I think he provides something that's a little bit different. I think Hero Canoe really. You can see, I think, some of the comfort just being around the game. Physically, he's some of that, you know, baby fat has has melted away. And I think he also provides something in the trenches there without even getting into some really freakish dudes that are freshmen in there. Um, When they go out there in the first unit was Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton. I thought I was going to lose my mind. (laughs) So... If my call doesn't play 50 snaps a game, we riot. America. 50? Welcome to the resistance. 50. I think... It's a lot. That's he, not. He For and Jay... Look, look at the way the other... Unfortunately, I had to do this last year. Okay. And other people helped me. Um, some people in this building, some not. But <laughs> the number of snaps that, like... Let's... Somebody who's playing defensive tackle or defensive end at Alabama or Georgia. The volume that they play. They said, well... You know, they don't play that much. They rotate at those programs. They don't as much as you think they do. When the game is on the line, and Will Anderson doesn't play the same position as Mike Hall, Will Anderson was playing 70 snaps a game last year for Alabama. 
I think if Ohio State's defense is on the field for 70 snaps a game, they got bigger issues. Well, maybe you're right about that. But let's let's say 40. Will so you accept 40? 40, I'll accept. 40, he, I'll take. Mike Hall and JT Tuimolo out have to play until they can't breathe. Yeah. That's what they train for. So, to me, that has to be a part of the change. Ryan Day has said multiple times, Indianapolis, before, spring, or before training camp started last week on Wednesday, the best guys were going to pare down that rotation. They have to play and determine the game. To me, that means my call on JT to allow, and that then makes the competition even better for the other spot at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps Ohio State. Anyway, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, we, I think we all Riots. all agree that Michael Hall is as disruptive a defensive player that the Buckeyes have on the roster. So if he's not like front and center, and I don't really care who's lined up next to him, I think that there's an argument to be made that Ty Hamilton should be. I think you can make an argument even for Taiwan Malone or Hero Canoe or Tyler Williams if he decides to, to give it full go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, full I th- beans. I think that the defense... In, in listening to Jim Knowles on Friday, like he's still pretty into the idea of the Jack. And unfortunately, what we saw on Thursday, it didn't look like Mitchell Melton was ready to be a contributor mm-hmm. on a full time basis. And so full beans, like, I don't know who it is, but he brought up CJ Hicks on, on Friday. The more I see CJ running around here, the more you see him physically compared to other people like, I, whoever's playing the Jack, if his name isn't Hicks, there's a problem. Yeah. In my opinion. So if, if that position's on the field, it needs to be CJ Hicks. And so I guess if we're talking position questions we have or, or concerns about, you know, who's in, who's out, like the more I see CJ Hicks, the more I think, and I'm not even sure that I would put him on the field only in that spot at this juncture. I think that you have such a value in Tommy Eichenberg and somebody who is so safe and solid that you can at times more so than people would want maybe in an ideal situation to to put cj hicks alongside tommy where maybe you have a mistake or two that he makes that steel chambers wouldn't but the upside of cj hicks and what he can do on a sensational play basis is so much better than most of the guys on the roster that I think you have to just say, we're going to take the possible loss on this play. Like, I'm, I'm okay giving up an extra 10 yards to the tight end over the middle once in a while, more than I am having a safety get beat by over the top and, and allowing yeah. a 70-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. I think the, just the more I'm seeing it, the more talking to people in this building, talking to the players, like, CJ is being talked about in a lot of the same ways as Sonny Styles is by the guys in the building. Mm-hmm. And I think you should, like... You just have to play the guy. What is your what's your level of concern, I guess, that they don't find a consistent role for CJ, whether that's Jack or rotating at will, whatever it looks like? My concern is that there is a potential to overreact if he comes in early and makes mistakes. Hmm. And rather than letting it happen and then giving him the chance to correct it, my concern is that we'd see a Josh Proctor situation from a year ago where it's like, well, we can't trust him in this situation, so we're not going to put him back out there again until we're playing Toledo and it's 70 to 7, you know? So that's the bigger concern. I think that they are aware that they will have to find a role. My concern is that they're more likely to pull away from it than they would otherwise. Because 
you have the familiarity of steel. Right, because steel yeah. is so, yeah. steel's safe. He's very good. And I know there's a, a segment of the Ohio State fan base that's like, oh, Steel Chambers isn't even special. Like, he's pretty damn good. And I think he's very good. He yeah. was very, very good a year ago. And, and him and Tommy Eichenberg are a great pair. But you can't just sit there and th- say to yourself, well, this is a safe play. Let's do football's not about being safe anymore. You can give up 30 points a game and still go undefeated and, and win. So yeah. um, I, I just think someone like that, you just have to find a way. I, I said this when I was talking with Doug the other day. Like, I, I, I am hopeful that the, the mandate of we got to play our best defensive lineman, the seeming desire to want to make sure that Sonny Styles is on the field all the time is an indication that they are going to lean into what you're talking about, which is, I don't know, like live with some of the mistakes that might come with playing your best players if they are most athletic, most explosive, highest upside players, mm-hmm. even if they are slightly inexperienced yeah. and, and might find if, themselves if in trouble. If you're taking time, risks but, on defense, yeah, put the best players out there right. to take those risks right. instead, and the best athletes instead of the guys that you feel safest with because the guys who are safe – sometimes maybe aren't as explosive and you're still taking risk. And if you lose, it's a 70-yard touchdown. I, I think if, if you have – now, this is a hypothetical situation that obviously uh, – there's no way to prove. If you have C.J. Hicks as the jack last year against Michigan on the play where um, Cam Brown misses the nine-yard t- tackle, mm-hmm. is, is C.J. Hicks more likely to run that guy down than, to- than uh, Jack Sawyer was? Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm so. saying. Yeah. And huh? so I, I think that there's – you can still take the risks, but if you have, those, I'm not even sure if that's a hypothetical. If you, uh, well, if, if you have those freaky athletes, they can do freaky things, and so I think sometimes you just have to lean into the freaks. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> I don't know where else to go with that. Is the there freak any, lean. Is there any? We talked about uh, Fridays are for freaking. Um, Bill, any other position? No, my my other thing was CJ and what, okay. what they're going to do with him. Um, and I don't. That's going to be an evolving thing. I don't. I don't know if we'll get answers to that this week. We will be back at practice on on Friday. Friday. I have um, one more. So and it's Carnell Tate. Like Carnell. I, I think he's too. He's done too much to say. Well, he's a freshman. We're not going to risk the rotation. I, I understand the value of Xavier Johnson. I understand that his um, versatility makes him someone you want to keep on the field because he can do a lot of things. But again, if you watch Bill and and, and Doug on Saturday morning talk about Marvin Harrison. There seems to be a concept that Marvin is going to be in that slot more often than he was a year ago, and maybe more often than not this year. And if that's the case, you have to have a true X receiver out there. And I think that Carnell Tate has earned the spot from what we've seen and and from what we've heard. Obviously, it's three practices in or one practice into fall camp. Maybe that changes. Two pre-practices plus. uh, (laughs) Maybe maybe he. (laughs) Pre-cons? It's the pre-conference practice schedule. Maybe he hits. A wall and and it yeah. falls off. But I think there's a danger, and I, this is not not to argue or just play devil's advocate to see what he can do as a receiver, running routes, making defensive backs miss, pulling down ridiculous catches, and be like, "That's you got to have it." And we've been through this like so many times because Ohio State collects nothing but elite wide receivers, and then the the conversation always comes back to with Brian Hartline, what? Yeah, who has to come off the field? That and can they block? Sure. And I don't. So if we're evaluating offensive weapons, and I think that people, I understand the desire to jump and say, well, if it helps you here, you can give back on the other side. Mm-hmm. I, you're you're right to feel that way, and I know that that's what you're getting at there, Burn. But like the conversation, at least when we mentioned Carnell Tate uh, or talked about him on the message boards, like what he's got to 
take some of Julian Fleming's reps. And I don't think that that's going to happen because Julian Fleming is the best blocker out of those top three. And then is Emeka Buka going to give way for that? Is it purely a conversation of taking snaps away from Xavier Johnson? If that's the case, I could maybe understand where you're coming from there. But there's there's going to have to be specific moments to use him. It's not, in my estimation, and watching the way Brian Hartline has handled a lot of these guys, whether that's Garrett Wilson or, or anybody else, you can see the special tools. Marvin Harrison two years ago. Yeah. Until you can do all the things, Ohio State's not things. inclined to give you an opportunity to just do something. While I understand that, my whole hope is that that rotation can go deeper than four guys. Okay. And if it does, I think that what we've seen out of Carnell Tate is enough to make you go, we need to see this against another team and yeah. to find out. You don't want to wait until the Rose Bowl to see if he shows up. Like, that's not going to... And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that is wrong or that I disagree with you. I I don't want, I don't want there to be some false hope that like Carnell is doing these incredible things. We saw it in spring. It carried over from the first couple of practices. And that's like without pads you know, some seven on seven, like that's not pure football. And we can say how impressed we are physically with Carnell Tate. And it's true. We can see the stuff that he's doing as a target. It's true, but it's, it's all the rest of that, that Brian Hartline and Ryan Day are going to say, can we trust him to do the other part? And I don't know the answer to that because I'm not, I haven't seen the pads. We we still need to see it. Yeah, I I do. I, I think all that is correct, but I also, I view him being with the twos, which is what he was when we watched practice on Thursday, being some indication that he is doing those things because there are guys who are older than him that he has seemingly already jumped. Sure. So I, I think that is – that's not nothing. What, what does it mean? I don't know. The part that's hard with this is we've seen a lot of practice over the last six months. We saw a good deal of spring. We got to watch Thursday. We don't – we didn't get to see like a lot of like a Mecca and Marvin as true freshmen, like to have a comparison for what yeah. they did. So part of me is like, I have not seen a true freshman do some of the stuff that Carnell Tate has right. done since he's been here, but it's very possible they have. And my my comparison is we heard a lot yeah. in 2021 about what those guys were doing from Garrett Wilson, from Jackson Smith and Jigba, from Chris Olave. who are like, wait till you guys see these guys. Sure. And there is a lot of that same conversation around Carnell and, and Brandon Ennis and Noah Rogers and, and Bryson Rogers. So like, Obviously, you're not going to be able to play all four of those guys meaningful minutes this year, but I think of that group, Carnell seems to be in a position because of the movement of Marvin around the offense to fill in a spot more um, naturally than anyone else. I asked Brandon Ennis. You all wanted to know. Many of you did. Why is he wearing 11? It was the reason that I hypothesized Ryan Day was not just going to give the number one to a true freshman who had never played a game or even practiced yet for Ohio State. So he's wearing 11 until he can earn the right for number one, which I would guess at this time next year he will be wearing. I right? like that you can't have number one because you didn't earn it, so we're going to give you the number of the guy who holds the program <laughs> record for receptions and yards in the season. I wonder if then Lincoln Keenos will change his number to 11 because that's what he wanted. Well, there you go. Next year's training camp. Oh, there's so much intrigue next year. <laughs> we're spin spinning we're ahead. August. We'll be back hey. next August to talk about that. Yeah, no, we'll actually be back. Tomorrow with another episode of the Podcast Daily. And later on today, we'll be in the Horseshoe Lounge at Roosters. So plenty more coverage coming of the Ohio State Podcast. And then photos of camp check-in, hotel check-in. I didn't even want to mention. Go to ohiostate.rivals.com. If you want to join us, we'll post some photos there. You guys can judge on the best dress. You can judge on the worst dress. You can judge on the dressed. I mean, everyone's dressed, I hope. (laughs) Fingers crossed. It would would really be something if they weren't. But I guess we'll find out 
later on. Uh, have a great week. Thanks for joining us to start it here on Monday on the Podcast Daily. For Bill and Burham, I'm Austin. See ya.